0: Welcome to Health Club with Julia. I'm your host, health coach, and registered dietitian, Julia Campagna. I'm on a mission to bridge the gap between looking your best and living your life to the fullest. After years of over-dieting, struggling with disordered eating, and destroying my social life, I finally found how to reach my dream physique without sacrificing the things I love. Now I'm sharing all my strategies and education with you. We'll be talking all things health, including hormones, metabolism, and lifestyle to help you cut out the confusion and start living. So get cozy and join the club hey guys welcome back to the podcast i am super 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 excited we have our special guest brie connell here today hi brie
1: hi how's it going
0: i am very good i am so excited to have you on i feel like brie is a genius when it comes to like overall stuff like <laughs> seriously you. all the things you put out is just like make sense yes thank so you so much like knowledge and like golden nuggets that you give people and I also love I love that you do question boxes all the time and like your responses to question boxes are always so on point even if thank it's you. just like giving tough love and like I don't have a fucking answer for you
1: <laughs> you yeah. they'll say that and no, like, I'll say that yeah totally yeah, yeah. I thank love you. I appreciate That's that
0: like no bs approach and just like straight to the point I love it but thank you so many golden nuggets for everybody um so I brought her on today to pick her brain about building muscle, because as I said, she's like a genius when it comes to building muscle. But before we dive into all that, I want to just have you talk about yourself, introduce yourself, everyone. I want to, everybody to know who you are, what you do, yeah. everything. So if you want to just introduce you and... Yeah,
1: absolutely. Hi. My name's Bree, um, as you already said. I am an online fitness nutrition coach. Uh, I've actually been in the space officially full-time for two years now. Previously, I was actually in insurance for six years. So I've worked the corporate life. I get that whole thing. Um, and I feel like I really, really struggled most of my life with just like finding that balance in food and then also finding the balance with exercise. Cause I think I grew up of just like trying to eat as little as possible and then trying to work out as much as possible and just taking things to, to extremes. And so I feel like m- one of my big missions is, I mean, mindset is definitely one of them. That's a big passion of mine, but also just making things efficient. And that kind of ties in like, when we're going to probably talk about muscle building and all that, it's like, I-, I know there's a lot of people out there where they like love the gym and they love working out. That is awesome. I love that for you. That is not me. Like the gym is not my temple. The gym is not where I go to when I am sad and frustrated and angry. Like when I'm sad, frustrated, angry, like I close the door and I turn off the lights and I cry, you know what I mean? But like, the gym. So I want to get in, I want to do what's going to be efficient and then get out, you know? And, and again, I I do enjoy going to the gym. Like I enjoy building muscle. I love doing that, but I take very much an approach of like, let's be efficient. Like let's use our time wisely. Let's not do junk volume. You've got a life to live and like, let's prioritize our health, but let's not make our entire identity. And you're that one friend at every dinner party that just can't stop talking about like, you know, your workouts or whatever, like, let that be just a part of your life and how you support your life, but it doesn't need to be everything. And so I just try to find or help my clients through nutrition and training, just find that balance and just showing like, it doesn't have to be this crazy, whatever thing. And so through, I guess my journey of the extremes, I really found balance. And then I help women do the same through, you know, food and exercise. So hopefully that wasn't too long of an intro, but. Oh, I think that was perfect.
0: Cool. I think that was perfect. Yeah. I, and I think that you do a really good job of portraying that as well. Like that you go in and you're efficient and like you do what you need to do and you're really good at doing what you need to do and then like getting out of there, but like not having, not as much of like the quote unquote, you know, fitness influencer lifestyle where they're like three hours in the gym and like doing all the like photos and like the glute kickbacks and like all the things like you're like, I want this specific goal. And so I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna work really fucking hard and I'm gonna get it done and I'll see you there tomorrow but I'm not like fluffy, all this other stuff. Like that's again, kind of going back to like a genius in fitness. Like, you know what you need to do to hit your specific targets and goals. And like, that's what you do. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So I'm going to say this now. I'll also let you talk about this at the end too, but just throwing out like um, platforms so that people who are listening to this can, can find you at Brianna Ray fitness on Instagram. Also side note, you're also like so funny too. I feel like again, what?
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: Like, yeah. Wow. You know, whatever I need
1: my confidence boost, I'm just going to talk to you. Just throw in all these compliments. I love it.
0: Literally. I feel like you've had even like a couple of reels go viral that are just like short little funny things too. So like, I feel like you're not just again, fitness and like the gym isn't your whole personality and you show yeah. that really well through your thank page you. and like, just having like these short little like funny things too. It's just, it's great. I love your page. So definitely go give her a follow on Instagram. Obviously I love it. I'm hyping it up, Um, (laughs) but it's definitely worth it. And then also you have your own podcast too, the Damn Strong Podcast, which I want you to talk about. We'll we'll talk more about that at the end, uh, giving like all details on that. But if you want more nuggets on like actual scientific, like in-depth fitness, all the things, knowledge, check her out there as well. But for today, we are going to be talking, like I said, about muscle building and kind of like a formula to follow if you're looking to build muscle. Because I mean, what girl does not want to grow their glutes? I feel like everybody does. Um, But a lot of the times I feel like people go into the gym, they just either A, don't know what to do. And so they just kind of like go on different machines or they're just like throwing pasta at a wall, hoping that it sticks kind of thing where I want this to be more like educational here's what you can do, certain takeaways, like things that you can start doing today if you actually want to start building muscle and actually see the results happen. So right. that's what we're going to talk about. So let's dive in. Let's start with, I think, a semi-controversial topic, which is recomping and body recomposition, however you want to phrase that. But I think yeah. it, it's it's a little bit of a controversial topic. Can you do it? Can you not do it? But I want your thoughts on that and then also as well, like, Being in a deficit while building muscle. Can you do it? Should you do it? Thoughts on that as well.
1: Yeah. So I think the reason why recomp is controversial because I feel like everyone has their own kind of definition of it in a way. Like all recomp is, is just changing the ratio of body fat to muscle. So if you go into a cut and you lose body fat or go into calorie deficit, lose body fat. You're starting to recomp your body, and then maybe you you go into calorie surplus and you build muscle. You've changed the ratio of your body fat to muscle. But a, what a lot of people mean when they say recomp, and I'm assuming this is kind of where you're going at is like, can you lose fat and build muscle at the t- yes. same time? Yes. And you absolutely can, a hundred percent. Now, I mean, there's there's I, I'm trying to see like which Avenue. Cause like, it's such a big topic, but it's like, okay. yes, you can lose body fat and build muscle at the same time. The more advanced and more experience that you get, that becomes very, very difficult. So if you are never been super consistent in the gym or maybe even trained smart. See, this is the thing that people, I don't think think about is like, well, I'm advanced. I've been in the gym for three years. Yeah. But have you trained like strategically and really smart and put exercises together? Like, well, like I remember, you know, I was like, three years into my lifting weights and got more education on how to structure my workouts. And it's crazy the amount of how much quicker I saw results when I was actually doing it intelligently. And so just remember it's, if you're brand new to lifting weights, um, you can definitely build muscle in a deficit at maintenance and absolutely in a surplus maintenance, all that kind of stuff. So the, and the reason why is your, it's, it's your body's adapting very quickly to, to this, this, uh, gosh, what's the word it starts with an S stimulus. Okay. And so you're going from zero to nothing. So your body's like, Whoa, okay. We just picked up this like 25 pound dumbbell. We got to get some muscle going. And then over time you have to push harder and harder and harder for the stimulus. And so does it slow down over time? Yes. And that's why there's beginner gains. Have you ever heard that term? Because that's really true because there's the stimulus is zero to 100 beginner gains come, gains come really fast. So if you see, I, I get questions. A lot of people like, well, do I have to go into a bulk to like build muscle? And if you're not familiar with what a bulk is, it's eating in a calorie surplus to build muscle the fastest and most optimally. No, you don't have to. Um, you definitely can just be at ma- I mean, be better to be at maintenance, but you definitely, if you are like, Hey, I have 50 pounds to lose. Like, I don't, I don't want to go into a bulk and a calorie surplus and gain more body fat. Like that's not where I'm at in my journey. That's totally fine. Go into a deficit train in the gym and you can hundred percent build muscle. Just know as you get more advanced, re-comping will get slower and slower and slower in the definition of doing the same things at the time. And eventually if you want think to do things faster, you're going to want to have specific stages that you go into. But again, I think people think that they're novice or they're not beginners a lot quick. Like you could technically still be kind of a beginner, like two, three years in. I mean, right. if you look at like, you know, not to get on like a bodybuilder, like I don't know, tangent or whatever. But like, when you look at people who are competing in bodybuilding, they've been training that way for like 10 years. And it's like to put on that much muscle to them that long. So just know, like, if you're only two, three years, like you could probably still be benefiting from beginner gains. So, um, does that help answer that question? Okay.
0: <laughs> That's great. And I think it's a really good point too, to note, like, even if you're somebody who thinks that you're advanced, but you've only been in the gym for two, three years, check in with how you're actually training. I remember yeah. like, even now, I'll look back at videos where I'm like a solid three years in and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like yeah. number one, the amount of exercises just in one day. Why? Number two, the form that I have also why atrocious. And it's like, I was doing that for three years and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm more advanced now. And it's like, yeah, I had so much to learn still and so much to like grow with. And I think that's just a really good point to note. Like, you know, I I think,
1: I think advanced is way more about like your knowledge of a skill than it is about time put in because it's like, you can do something. I don't know. Think of just any skill in life. Like, I don't know, like plumbing or something like you could be a plumber all day for 10 years, but never seek to know more and not be that advanced in plumbing because you've never pushed your knowledge in it. You don't have you. The only skill you have is to do this one type of task, you know? And so maybe if you think of your advancement, being advanced in the gym is more of like the knowledge and skill behind things that probably gives a better, like, okay, now I can actually decide if I'm a beginner or not, because it's like, actually don't know how to do an RDL because I've just been doing it. However I thought to do it for the last three years. And so I haven't been building a great muscle from that exercise because I'm not doing it very well. So.
0: Right. Exactly. And that is definitely a huge part of it as well. It's not only just like training for X amount of time, but really being efficient in your training and really taking it very seriously. And I think that's a very good point to note. Um, so this kind of like segues into my next question, which is, do you have to be in a surplus to build muscle? And you already kind of mentioned that, but what are the benefits of being in a surplus versus maybe being in a deficit while trying to build muscle?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm glad. And I want to dig into this more because yeah. I think this is important to talk about because I do get that question. Um, so the reason you go into a surplus is you want to build muscle in the most optimal way. When you are in a deficit, you're obviously, you have, you know, less Food you're consuming less food than you are energy than you output it's not the most optimal spot for muscle building and so you just don't build it as fast and the closer you get to maintenance it gets faster and then as you get into a surplus it gets faster there now there's a certain part where it's like you don't just eat 4,000 calories and all of a sudden you just like explode in muscle like there is a drop off at some point but like when we give our body sufficient amount of energy to help not rest because This is what we don't think about is like muscle is built when you're resting, not when you're in the gym. Like you go in the gym and you're like, Oh, I'm building all this muscle. It's like, no, you're not. Actually when you come home and you sleep and you rest, that's when you build muscle. And so what you're doing is by, by giving your body enough food, you're saying, Hey, I am giving you the most optimal spot to build muscle. And so if your goal is like, Hey, I want to build muscle as fast as possible surplus. However, The quote unquote, I could just say downside of that is you do gain body fat with that. Not supposed to be at a really, really fast rate. Like you'll probably see people talk about like a dirty bulk or like clean bulks. And really dirty versus clean is really just about people will just go into an excessive calorie surplus and they'll put on like 30 pounds in like six months. That is a lot of body fat very fast. Um I previously I just did a bulk this past year. I put on 12 pounds over a year. Like it wasn't a crazy amount um, of weight that I put on, and then I did a cut, trimmed that. So you're looking to gain, you know, anywhere from like, I guess you could say like half a pound to a pound per month is like a nice rate of weight gain. And we could go that whole down and, and I'm getting off topic, but like, do you have, so if you want to do a surplus, that's why you would do it. And so you have to look at your situation and be like, okay, like, it, am I in a spot where that's where I really want to do it? And again, I kind of talked earlier of like, you know, if you have 50 pounds to lose, you probably don't want to gain more body fat. So you know what, go into a, a deficit. You can totally build muscle. Do you have to go into a surplus to build muscle? No, you don't. Um, you can totally build muscle in a deficit. And then once you've lost the body fat you want to lose, you're gonna go to maintenance. You'll build muscle even better at maintenance. And then if you get to that point in your life where you're like, you know what, putting on some body fat, like 12 pounds over the course of a year, or you can even do a full year, you could do six months. Six pounds over the course of six months doesn't scare you go for it. Do that. Put on more muscle. Um, I think what happens though, is a lot of times online coaches will scare people away from a bull. Cause they're like, well, if you're not going to do six months to a year, like it's not even worth it. Like you're just wasting your time. Like, mm-hmm. sure. There's some truth. Like you want to be in a surplus long enough to actually see the results happen. Like if you're just dipping your toe, doing a surplus for like two weeks, four weeks. You're just switching back and forth so often, like, yes, commit to time. However, if you just dip in your toe and being like, okay, I'm gonna do a surplus for one month and just see how it goes for my mental health. Awesome. Like if you need to take baby steps, do it. Uh, but all that to say, you, you would never, you don't ever have to go in a surplus if you don't want to in your life, uh, but definitely being at maintenance will be a much better spot to build muscle. I know I'm like answering all these different questions, but to answer that question, no, you definitely don't have to be in a surplus to build muscle. But if you get to a point in your life, you're like, hey, muscle building is really important. I'm tired. I don't want it to take three more years. I'd rather just do it in a year and put on the muscle that I want. That's going to be an optimal place to go.
0: Yeah. And I think, again, that's a really good point is just kind of reflecting on what your current goals are and where you're at within your journey as well. And I know for me, again, like when I was three years into my journey and I thought that I was advanced and like all this stuff and, you know, I would hear on social media all the time, like surplus build muscle maintenance you're just maintaining and if you want to go into a fat loss you do a deficit and like that right. was like the end all be all and that's what I thought and I feel like people still kind of think that way that like mm-hmm. okay I want to build muscle like I have to go into a surplus but then they kind of shy away from it because of other reasons which yeah. we'll talk about in a little bit but they kind of shy away from it because of all these other things when it's like you don't necessarily have to do that and I think it's right. kind of a refresher for some people to hear like okay, I can still build muscle without gaining a whole bunch of body Boy. fat or like going into a really big surplus. And I think it just is kind of comforting for some people to hear that. Like yeah. you're able to do that without having all of these other things happen. And
1: it's yeah. just a lot
0: more insight on, you know, what were you going to say?
1: No, I was just going to say, but I think it's also like interesting thing, like one, you never have to do a surplus if you don't want to ever in your life. That's right. awesome but also why are you afraid of doing a surplus? Like why does putting on three pounds? Like if you did a surplus for three months, why does putting on three pounds of body fat matter to you so much? Why is that so scary for you? The, the, the pro of putting on muscle at the same time. So again, there is, I mean, social media, just just our culture in general, really like gaining body fat is scary. And I totally understand that. But like, if you are in a spot where it's like your healthy body fat level, you're active, you eat your fruits and veggies, like all of these things, like maybe the next part of your, and like you desire more muscle and you're going to continue to build muscle. And like, you, you want that, like, I don't know, that's something just a mindset challenge to have is like, okay, I don't have to go to surplus. Like Bree said, like, I don't have to do this. I could do maintenance for the rest of my life and just enjoy and whatever. But like, why am I so scared to do three months, go into a surplus, put on three pounds of body fat? Like you're not really going to even notice the three pounds of body fat. And you're going to have a lot of fun eating that extra food too. And again, yeah, I like people to be at least six months to, to a year, But wow, what like a cool mindset challenge to win for you to go into surplus for three months, be like, I did it. Like I I pushed past the stigma of all this. I challenged my mind. So I don't know. I just think there's besides building muscle, I, because of our culture, I think there's a lot of mindset benefits to pushing yourself that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's a ton. And when you do complete that bulk, you're like, and you get to that point where you're like, wow, I did this. Like, yeah, I feel like that gives or for me at least, gave me so much more confidence when I was at that point. Like when I did a bulk in the past and like I reached that point, I was like, wow, like yeah. I did this. I know I can do like so much more now than totally. like without fearing anything else. And I definitely want to dive into that in a little bit about, you know, what you have to say about being in a surplus and gaining weight and all that. So yeah. we'll talk about that. But I definitely agree that there's a lot of other kind of benefits than just like building muscle in a surplus. Yeah, totally. for sure, Totally. Um, But I want to talk about a little bit of logistics with actual training for now and a question that I think is pretty common with trying to build muscle as well. And like this confusion around what do I do is low weight, higher or lower reps, higher weight, higher reps, lower weight.
1: I don't know if I'm saying that right. I know what you're saying. I think the audience does too. And I was honestly, every time you said, I was like, wait, is that the right way? But we all get what you're trying to say. Yeah, Yeah. totally.
0: You know, Um, yeah. So what is better? Is there one way that you should be doing it? Do you do both? Like what, what the heck do you do within like your actual like training program?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to just touch back on like, which one is like better. Cause that's always the question I get They're Like, should I do this or that? And all that. And it's, you know, if we are the research shows that if we are sub 30 reps, you are going to be building muscle. So whether you are doing eight reps or you decide to do 25 reps, as long as you're pushing yourself close to failure. And what that by that means is that you're pushing yourself. Failure would be like you, you're curling the dumbbell and you curl the dumbbell so you physically can't lift it up with good form obviously um that would be failure so getting clo- at least close to that whether you do eight reps or 25 you're going to build muscle however there are some limiting factors to doing like 25 reps right if you do 25 reps of walking lunges each leg you are going to get tired because of the cardio of that before you actually exhaust the muscle it's not bad to do 25 reps you can do like 25 reps of bicep curls you're not going to get exhausted cardiovascularly it's going to take a lot of time to get to 25 reps, but there's some limiting factors with doing the higher reps. One being cardio based, like you're doing 25 squats. Again, you're probably going to be winded before your glutes are actually exhausted. So you probably have to stop before 25 reps because you're trying to catch your breath. And then the other downside to, um, higher reps is it just takes more time. Like you're telling me I could pick a heavier weight and do eight reps, or I could pick a lighter weight and do 25, which is technically three times the amount of time. So I'm going to cut my workouts into thirds and I'm going to do eight reps instead. So it's not that doing higher reps does not le- give you a more toned, longer, leaner look. That is a complete myth. It's about building muscle. You either make a muscle bigger or you make it smaller. That's it. You can't tone it. You can't You can't lengthen it. Your muscles are inserted into spots. You can't change the length of them. Um, so whichever one you want to do, you can technically choose, but I always err on the side of lower. Um, one, so we can get you stronger. And then two, I don't want to take up more time in the gym than I have to. So let's stay on the lower end so that way we can be more efficient with our training. Um, I know you asked another question though, but when I was diving into that, did I answer that question or no?
0: I think, I think you answered all of that, okay. but I do have okay. a side question with that yeah. too. Um, and like, this whole concept of females getting quote unquote bulky when they mm-hmm. try to go heavier. So you just kind of reminded me of that when you're saying, and again, I think this is refreshing to hear, like, you don't have to do 25 reps Yeah. You can stick with eight and that's fine. But for the people that are like, Ooh, but if I do heavier weight and I do lower reps,
1: I'm going to get yeah. bulky. You know, what are your yeah. thoughts kind of? On that yeah. topic. The there is the word bulky, the word tone, they're the same exact word. The only difference is one just has more muscle and takes longer to achieve, and that's bulky. So the difference between I know everyone can picture in their head, picture like a toned woman in your head and picture like a bulky woman in your head. The meaning of tone and the meaning of bulky just means that you have a lot of muscle with uh or you have more muscle, you're you're Ratio of body fat to muscle. You have a higher ratio of, of fat body. Oh my gosh. I can't talk muscle to body fat. Can I get that out? <laughs> Jesus. Um, and so basically when you're bulky, you just have bigger muscles and it gives you that bigger look, but you're still low in body fat. When you're toned, you have muscles that you can see because you are lower in body fat. And the only difference between these two women that you're picturing in your head is one probably went through more surpluses and bulks actually to, because it takes a long time to build that much muscle to actually look bulky. So if, if it's going to take a long time, you might as well do it very, very optimally. So they'll do bulks a lot. And then patience, it takes a lot of time to build that much muscle. So whether you're doing eight reps or 25 is not going to change. Cause again, all you can do with the muscle is make it bigger or smaller. So the same, if you want to get bulky, you want to get toned. You do the exact same type of training. Just, you just stop, trying to build, like, if you get to a point point, you're like, okay, well, I'm as big as I want to be muscularly. Okay, cool. Then you just start lifting to maintain. You just stop. But if you're wanting to lift to get bulky, you just keep going. That's the only difference. But everyone gets so confused. They're thinking like higher weight makes it so that you're, it's, I don't even get the call. Like it makes sense, but it doesn't. Why would muscle be like long? Like it's long, like But I think because it's smaller, like when something gets bigger, it can look stockier. And so I think that's where that long and lean kind of comes from. You build a muscle, you make it bigger, smaller. That is it. You cannot tone it. You cannot long it, lean it. Muscle, this is what's so weird when people are like, oh, let's build lean muscle. What muscle is already lean. Like the definition of lean is to have like very minimal body fat, right? When you buy like lean turkey meat or like lean beef, it's called Mm -hmm. lean beef because it's very low in body fat. Mm -hmm. Muscle is pure, like it doesn't have body fat in it. So you're saying you're building lean, long muscle. The muscle is already lean because it doesn't have body fat in in it. You know what I mean? Like it's such a weird phrase of words that we've come up with in society. I get it, but I'm also like here to just tell everyone, like understand how silly that phrase is, you know?
0: Yeah, and thank you for that. And I think that a lot of women are fear getting bulky when, as you just explained, like it takes a lot of time to get to that level of muscle where you would feel a little bit more stocky or a little bit more muscular. And like, if you're new and you haven't really tried to build muscle and then you're like, I want to build muscle, but I don't want to get bulky, try to build muscle. You're not going to get to this like bulky stage right away. Like you're totally fine. So I totally appreciate the like upfront honesty that it sounds-
1: and it's like the, yeah. I mean, you've probably you've probably seen this on social media. I don't know who in the audience is listening hasn't, but it's like, you know, you don't drive a car and then fear you become a race, you're a race car yeah. driver. You know, you do yeah. the same things to become a race car driver. You learn the skill better. You train better. Right. You do it for longer. Right. Yeah. But you're not worried that you're going to become a race car driver. You don't brush your teeth and worry you become a dentist. You don't cook and worry you're become a chef. Right. All of them require for you to go from just someone who cooks to become a chef you just continue to cook longer and you learn about things more and you, you know, optimize and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, you know, again, something to hopefully kind of hit home with that analogy.
0: Yeah. I think that's an amazing analogy. And I think that's one that a lot of people can resonate with and actually like visualize and be like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes more sense than me saying I'm going to get bulky. Like, cause like you said, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. And it sounds ridiculous. And then if you give like real life examples, it totally like, it makes sense. That's a, amazing analogy. Yeah.
1: Well, let's even play devil's advocate. Let's just say, sure. You get bulky. You know what I mean? You can atrophy the muscle. Mm -hmm. First of all, it doesn't even happen overnight. So if you were like, Oh, I'm getting a little big. You would notice that before you got like, if you're like, Oh, my shoulders are looking bigger than I want them to be. You would notice that before they were too big because muscle growth happens. So I wish muscle growth happened faster, you know, but like it's painfully slow. And on top of that, but again, playing devil's advocate, let's just say you get your shoulders to a size that you don't like, stop working at your shoulders, let the muscle start to atrophy. And when it gets to the size that you want, okay, cool. Go back to lifting shoulders and just do like a maintenance volume of lifting for your shoulders. It's not right. in the world. Like you can, you can undo this. If you somehow No one have I, I can't even, I bet, you no one in the history of humankind has ever accidentally gotten too big of like shoulders yes. or quads. Like I think in our minds, as women, we're we are fearful of getting bulky. Like I've had clients before where they started with me and lifting, and like three weeks in, they're like, "I think my shoulders getting a little big." I'm like, "Sweetie, you have not even put on enough muscle since we started." And obviously, very kind. Like I understand why that client thinks that, but I have to explain it. I'm like, I understand that, and I can totally honor that. We can compromise. We could take out some shoulder volume if you want, but just so you know, you haven't in three weeks, you haven't built enough muscle to actually see a physical change. You know, so yeah,
0: yeah, I've totally had that experience as well, and it's like well let's let's talk about this let's like yeah. dissect how this actually works because totally. it's it's a lot of that like yeah mentality that we we fear around these things and we kind mm-hmm. of add more fear than is actually there yes. um so it's definitely a lot of the mindset part of it as well but hopefully that was helpful for anybody that does have
1: that yeah.
0: fear around that um but let's dive more into like depths of training so can you give some focuses for training specifically to optimize muscle building, whether that's compounds or when do you do compounds isolation, just like how structuring a workout and like, what should you actually prioritize in your training?
1: Yeah, honestly, I think I'll take this to like a different part. Cause it's like, yeah, we, oh, and I can talk about structuring totally, but I think we're so there's some, I think there's some missing pieces that women struggle with in the gym before even going into how you're structuring your workouts um are there ways to structure it to be more optimized yes but i think one women are doing way too much volume they're doing way too many exercises and we can take that down and i'll go into the reason why that's that can be an issue and then two you're not working out intense enough the reason why you're able to do 10 exercises is because you're not taking the intensity high enough in your other exercises so before you even worry about doing like this exercise before this one or maybe doing compounds before accessories or flip-flopping that or whatever let's lower your volume, prioritize recovery. So you actually can recover and then build the muscle. Um, Oh crap. And I forgot my, so, Oh, and then up the intensity and actually work harder. So my biggest thing is if you're currently working out now, and this is a very general guideline, again, depending on your goals, but I would say, keep your workouts to four to six exercises four for probably lower body. Cause you really only got like, I mean, I'm excluding calves sadly here, but like, <laughs> you really got like your butt, your hamstrings, your quads. Like yeah, 3 you got 3 yeah. muscles. When it comes to your upper body, you've got your biceps, your triceps, your your rear delts, your um anterior delts, your medial delts, your back, your lats. Like there's so many muscles and so you could do more so six exercises on and then bicep did I just biceps. I don't know. You guys get what I'm saying. So there's I would definitely you can do a little bit more like six five to six with your upper body and then I would do honestly no more than four exercises for lower body. You, really probably don't need more than that. Um, I would start there. I would lower your volume. I literally met, I made a friend in the gym today. It was very nice. She was showing me her workout and she's like, how does this look? I was like, she was doing nine different exercises. I was like, okay, we need to have all of this right away. You know, like you're doing way too much volume that you most likely aren't recovering from. And then once we lower that volume, now I can kind of transition. We need to up the intensity. You need to be working so much harder in the gym. It's and I'm not gonna get into like RPE or RIR, if that's something people are interested in. We could talk about that, maybe that later, but if you're interested in that, you can Google it. It's a pretty standard thing that you can kind of read something about, but um, you should be pushing yourself close to failure. And uh, what I kind of said earlier, what that means is, you know, within like, close to failure, I'd say within like, where you leave maybe like three in the tank at most. And so a failure is you can't lift, you're doing bicep curls and, and failure means that you can't do another curl, then leaving like one or two in the tank means that you get to a point where like, I maybe got one or two left in me until I'm absolutely like, I can't lift up the dumbbell anymore. You should be training somewhere within that, like three-ish in the tank to like zero or like failure in the tank all the time, somewhere in there. Um, We don't have to go to complete failure, but at least getting close to failure. And I know a lot of people are like, well, yeah, I do get close to failure. The burn that you feel in your glutes, that's not what I'm talking about. You can, your quads can be on fire, but you can still get up four more reps. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. You know what I mean? Like I've, we've lived that out. And so the net, I always like to get people homework with this. The next time you're in the gym, pick up the weight that you normally do. And don't worry about the reps. Don't worry about if it's eight to 12, or if you program for yourself 20 reps, I just want you to curl that dumbbell till you physically cannot lift it anymore. And do stuff that's really safe. Like do bicep curls, do um, leg curls, do leg extensions. Like honestly, leg press, there's safety bars. Like there's ways to do these safe. And I just want you to go to, you can't do it anymore. If you are, you know, again, if your rep range is like 12 reps or eight to 12, and you take what I said and you get 25 reps, You've been massively underlifting and that right there, just that alone up in your intensity um, and taking down your volume, you will see much better growth overall. Even though we haven't optimized your training yet, just those two things alone, you could be, you could have the most optimized training ever. And if you're not pushing yourself hard enough, you're not going to build muscle. If you're not resting and recovering from the volume, you're massively slowing down your progress. So let's start there and then once you get to there then you can optimize your program and i'd say kind of what i was saying earlier like 4 to 6 exercises per um workout upper lower uh you can mix it you don't have to do a bro you can do a bro split you don't have to it's much more about total volume over the course of a week so if you like the bro split do the bro split if you don't like it don't do it you could do um a mixed day of like quads hamstrings and glutes if you want And then how I would talk about starting structuring it typically, I I think there's multiple ways to do it, but I think a very easy way to explain people is like start with your big list where you have like the most exercise, like your compounds, Mm -hmm. um, just because that takes a lot of energy out of you. There's nothing wrong with doing compounds at the end of your, your workouts. You totally can. Um, but I would prioritize either your big list or the lists that are most important to you. If you're like, I really want to make progress on lateral raises this year, start with lateral raises, even though it's not technically a compound, start with those. And then from there, you can add in like your isolation or accessory work. There's so much more I can go into with like programming, because again, there's so many different ways to do it. But I think that's a good basis of like, start with either your compounds or what's most important. And then you can tag on things in addition, again, four to six exercises, upper and lower is plenty of volume for you. So
0: And I love, love that you touched on the volume and intensity because you can have the like most perfect laid out workout. But if you are not pushing yourself, like you said, you're still not going to see that result. And it is so common that people are like, oh, that workout was so hard. And it's like, like you said, it burns or you sweat so much or you sweat, you have so much more that you can do. Uh And you're just like selling yourself short on what your potential is. Yeah. Yeah you know, I'm sure you do, I do, we get client videos and they're like, oh, here's my workout. And I'm like, no, honey, you can do more. I know that you can. And then the next week they'll do more. And they're like, oh my God, you're right. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. trust yourself, push yourself and know that you're holding yourself back way faster than your body is able to give out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a major, major, major key that you had mentioned with Building muscle and like actually seeing that physical results.
1: Yeah, and I think the reason why women tack on so much volume is because they're not pushing it. Like if you're not going to go really intense, you do have to do more volume. But then you have the opposite of like you could be doing too much volume and then you don't have good recovery. And so it's like, you know, you could actually go from three glute days to two, or just say lower body, three lower body days to two if you actually up the intensity more. And then you get this whole extra day of like, oh my gosh, I can work. Like I work out, I. I stopped working out five times a week, I think in like 2020, I've, I've only worked out four days a week and I've seen so much more. That was when I really started to optimize my training. I've seen so much more progress through optimizing my training, pushing myself harder. Um, crap. I keep forgetting the second one that I keep talking about intensity. I did set intensity. Why am I not? Volume? Oh, recover! I guess recovery. Re- oh, oh, volume. You said volume. Lowering yeah. my volume. Yeah, focusing it. on recovery and then pushing intensity. I've seen so much more growth in the last like three years than I did. I started doing weights in 2012. It has been almost 11 years, and I've seen more progress in three years, really kind of four three, than I did the last like six because I messed around and I, I not I messed around. I say that like I was stupid. I didn't know any better. You know what I mean? I really didn't. I just did what I saw on on Instagram. I did the flashy things, but it's just like, I do so much less now and I get so much more out of it. It's a quality over quantity thing. And I think everyone has a really hard time with seeing the value of that.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think that is part of that mental game too, a ton. Um, because they think that they have to do so much more to see so much more progress when you don't and I'm the same way as you I started doing four days a week in 2021 or early 2022 and I have not gone back to five days I actually love my rest days now like I thrive love. off love. of my rest yes. days and a lot of people are like I can't take a rest day or like I need to go to the gym and it's like you, said, you are building muscle during your resting periods. Yes. And if you are training to the intensity that you should be and you're pushing yourself really hard, you need those extra rest days. Like, yeah. I love, I want more rest days. Just I just like, I love well, that.
1: and I don't know if you felt this way, but it kind of gave me my life back a little bit. Yeah. Like, something about when you do five days, you can't miss, like, if you miss a day, it is scrambling to figure out how to fit it in because you have to go Monday through Friday. And if for any reason you have plans on Saturday or Sunday and you can't fit it in, like you're, you're done, like there's no way to move it around. But doing four days, oh my gosh, the flexibility on top of that, I just really, th- I know it sounds so dramatic because it's one workout day, but if you're currently doing five, like switch to four, and honestly, I, even if it was slower, mus- if, if it was slower muscle growth, I probably would take it because I feel like it has given me this flexibility where like I can miss my workout on Monday. I don't have to work out on Monday or Tuesday. I can start working out on Wednesday, be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it's like, and then I still get a rest day on Sunday, even though yes. I miss two days at the beginning of the week, which is just mind blowing. So, you know,
0: I love like, <laughs> even over the last couple of weeks with like the holidays, like I had to miss some of my like usual workout days. I'm just like, Oh, I'll throw it in x day like I yeah. have so much more flexibility to move it around and I even I'm like if I'm really sore one day instead of being like I have to push through this and get to the gym I'll be like oh, you know what I'm waking exactly. up I'm tired I don't feel it today I'm gonna go tomorrow like yeah even if you're just like not in the mood or like not feeling or something it, or comes up or right. like
1: you you know some crisis with your business and like taxes or whatever you're like crap I need this day to do this yeah. it's it, you're not freaked out about it because you're like it's easy I can just move it around right no big deal
0: so much yeah. easier it's, it. it's so, so if much. that's like, anybody who's like on the verge of like I need more rest days or like what the hell do I do we're here to advocate before yeah if you can't
1: tell with how excited we both got and passionate <laughs> oh life-changing I love it, it is, so much
0: it's the best split it it's is. the gra- greatest definitely do that yes um but I have a few well one more question and then I want to go into like some other like more personal tip tip kind of style stuff but okay in terms of cardio, because this is another big one, like, what do I do? I want to build muscle, but I need to, like, also lose fat. So I have to do cardio and, like, just this big topic of cardio around building muscle. What are your thoughts on doing cardio while trying to build muscle?
1: Um, I think it depends what your goal is. If you're just like, I just want to be a healthy person with a good cardiovascular system, I think it's great. Go do cardio. Like, it's not going to kill your gains. I think if you're like, I'm going to train for an ultramarathon, okay, Let's talk. Like, you have to be able to recover. And for any working out, for any adaptation, you have to be able to recover. So, if you want to go do an ultra marathon, you need to be able to recover. Now, can you weightlift to support your ultra marathon? Absolutely. But we got to talk about volume. You know what I mean? We need to adjust that. So, I am totally pro doing cardio or any other form of exercise along with it. it and I tell all my clients to do like Pilates or yoga or anything. We just have to make sure that you can recover from it. That is the number one. And there might be some people where it's like, you know what weightlifting two times a week and then training for an ultra marathon, you can't recover for it. So guess what? You're going to have to pick. I'm sorry, but like, if you want to do your, which one's more important to you, your ultra marathon. Awesome. Then let's prioritize the adaptations that you can come back to strength training when you come back. Um, and we move on. So I think we always want to have like everything. And for the most part, you kind of can, like you can do both, but like, there are some situations where you're going to have to pick because you can't recover from it. So yeah. Yeah. pro cardio, just based on your goals. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. I definitely agree. And I think that again, when I was like first starting out, it was like no cardio during muscle growth. Cause that's going to carry right. muscle gains. And I'm actually, I love to add in some form of extra movement, extra cardio for my clients that are building muscle too, just for, like you said, that cardiovascular health, it's nothing yeah. crazy if, if they yeah. really just want to focus on muscle building. But I also think that the extreme on the other end of absolutely do no cardio because you're going to kill your muscle gains is
1: not yeah. totally
0: accurate as well. No,
1: definitely not. Yeah. it That's just, that's the myth. Like you can absolutely do cardio and not kill your gains and you'll be just fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I want to just, because, I mean, I've been through a surplus and a bulk and trying to build muscle. You've been through that. You've already mentioned that on this podcast that you've also been through that. So I want to go back to this kind of like mindset with a surplus and kind of dive into that a little bit more. So what tips do you have for people who are looking to build muscle or maybe going into a surplus, but they also do fear that kind of body image side of it?
1: Yeah. I think the first one is just like, know that you can do a bulk and not gain 30 pounds in like 30 days. Like there is a way to make it. So it's like the goal is to build muscle as optimally as possible by putting on the least amount of body fat. Like that's the sweet spot you want to be. Um, and so typically I'd say, if you know, where your maintenance calories are increasing them anywhere. I'd say typically like, I like to tell people like 150, 200, like play around with that, see how it goes. Um, and just ride off from there. And I, I, my personal goal was to gain about a pound of body fat per month. Um, that was really nice. It was like a quarter pound per week. Um, but I guess going, that's my one thing to start is like, it's, I think the media has made them look really scary. Like you have to put on all this body fat. So just know that going in, into it, that you don't have to put on all this body fat. Again, you could do a surplus for six months, put on six pounds of body fat. And then do, after that, go into a calorie deficit for six weeks, right? Six months versus six weeks, lose okay. that six pounds of body fat. Actually it'll be more, if you lost six pounds, it's more body fat. Cause you put on muscle during that time, right? That six pounds is fat with body muscle yeah. or with muscle. I said body muscle. I don't know why. Um, And so if you lost six pounds, you actually probably got a little bit leaner because you lost six pounds of body fat and then kept that muscle. And so it's probably like, you, you know, you actually end up leaner. Um, I think the other thing to kind of talk about, and I don't know, do you say like the people just knowing what going into it or just like,
0: yeah, just like people who want to go into it, but they're like afraid to go into it because of their body changing and maybe gaining weight and kind of just like that mindset around it.
1: Yeah. I think the other um, thing to think about. If you have a fear of going into it's like, look at all the positives that are going to come out of it. It's like yeah. such a short-term thing for such a long-term benefit. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other positive thing, like if you're nervous, like it's just, instead of seeing a surplus, I think it's just a simple mindset switch. Instead of seeing a surplus as, Oh my gosh, I'm going to gain body fat. You're putting your body in the most optimal way to build muscle. I have, people make jokes all the time on my like comments on my page. They'll be like, Oh, I've been in a surplus for the last 10 years. I'm like, or, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, you just been in in the most optimal muscle building phase for the last 10 years. You know, just that simple reframe of like, I'm not, I'm not trying to get, you know, for lack of a better way to say this, like, I'm not trying to get fat in a surplus. I'm putting, I'm getting, giving my body an optimal place to build muscle. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm putting myself in. And so I think making that switch makes it a little bit less scary of like, okay, I'm here. I'm dedicating the next six months to Gaining body fat. No, you're not. You're dedicating the next six months to building muscle as ultimately as possible. And just don't even think about the fat gain part. Does it come along with it? Sure. But like, again, it's going to be the goal is to keep it at minimal. So those are kind of like the few that pop up off the top of my head of like if you are nervous going into it.
0: Yeah. And I think those are great. And I think just like you said, knowing the benefits of it, it's a short term, like not even sacrifice. That's not even the word because you're not sacrificing anything, I guess. Yeah sacrificing less body fat maybe. Yeah. But it's so short, even a sacrifice, you know right. what I mean? Like
1: when you, that's, I love that you said that. Cause you're like, you're sacrificing, like, what are you like? You're sacrificing, yeah. putting on body fat. Uh, what? Like, that's not really a sacrifice. Like, again, six pounds in six months. Like, again, if you could be eight pounds, I don't want to like sugarcoat it for anyone. It could be 10 pounds, but like, is that really sacrifice usually means like you're trading off something and making like for a worser. Not worse or outcome. That's not what I want to say. But like for something that's negative, and it's like there's not really that much negative about gaining six pounds of body fat. You know, like yeah. I, don't I know. know. I think like you said that.
0: Yeah, I think people think that it's really negative when it's not, and all the benefits that come with that so outweigh you gaining some body fat along that process. And I yeah. think that's just a, ma- a major focus is like the benefits I'm going to get from this. Yeah. are so great that I shouldn't fear this. And I know that that's easier said than done for a lot of people. And totally. like, totally, it's yeah. Everything I, I, and I saying,
1: Yeah. So. And I want to like, just reiterate that. Like, I totally get what I'm saying. And I was so much easier said than done. I understand like, I'm in a different place in my journey where like, I'm really confident in going to a bulk, But like, I also was very much challenged in my bulk. Like I put all of my weight and my, not all of it, but most of my weight, in my lower body, I carry a lot of my face. I don't watch my face, you know, not have like as a chiseled jawline. And then I had to watch, you know, my, cellulite, I get more and more cellulite on my legs. And like, I'm already very insecure about my legs. I've built up so much better confidence through with my legs and how I built confidence in my legs was by wearing shorts and putting myself in an uncomfortable situation. And how I've grown more love for my legs is like going to a surplus, letting the cellulite, you know, get a little bit more and more because I'm putting on body fat and still loving like, wow, these legs squat, you know, 200 pounds, these legs are leg pressing 300 pounds. Like why am I so upset about the cellulite that's coming in? Like, it's so cool. how amazing they are. And then I get to go into a cut. I got to reveal like all the muscle I built. I was like, wow, these quads are so powerful. And then it's just like, you get this whole new appreciation for your body. I always tell people like, if you can't learn to love your body in the current state that it's at going into a cut or changing something about it, won't fix it. Building the muscle won't fix it. Losing body fat won't fix it. Like Just if I hated my legs through the surplus and then went to a cut, I would still find things to hate about them, even though they're the leanest that they've ever been. I can see my quad, never been able to see my quad lines. I can see my quad lines now. I could still find things to pick apart about it. So it's really important to figure find ways to like really embrace where your body is now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I'm gonna end that question on that note because I think that's so, so important and just very well said. That's a huge part of that. Um, And then the last thing I wanna just ask about is, Somebody who is new who wants to build muscle but is kind of a newbie. What tips do you have for them on starting this journey of building muscle?
1: That is a very wide loaded question. <laughs> so, I I guess the reason why I thought that right when you said it just to kind of give people some insight is like, okay, well, are you scared of going to the gym? If you are, do it at home. Um do you not know what to do at home? I mean, there's a, a bunch of amazing programs that can join um on that, you know, a lot of coaches online give you, but like, you can't afford that, pull up stuff on YouTube. Like, yeah, it's not going to be the most optimal best stuff, but you know what? That's not our problem right now. Our problem is just getting you started. So let's, let's, let's go over that hump. And then once you're doing really well at home and you feel confident, Let's take the exact workouts you're doing at home and then move those to the gym. And if you need to go in the little private studio, grab the dumbbells, do a shy girl dumbbell workout in the corner. Awesome. You've built up confidence in the corner. Now you get to venture out into like the wild and like where people are like actually there. And then you know what? You're still going to do the same exact workout. You're going to grab the dumbbells, but you're just going to do it in front of other people. And then once you feel comfortable in front of other people, then you're going to venture into other act- I mean, I know I'm, I'm talking very big baby steps, but a lot of people need to go through that. Yeah. Um, and then once you're comfortable with just doing that same workout that you've been doing for the last six months, start doing some new things. Maybe look at a machine, ask someone at the gym, like, hey, how does this work? Or like go up to an employee, that's what they're there for. They should be able to help you with that or a trainer. A trainer would be more than happy for you to say, hey, I've never used a leg extension machine. Can you show me how it works? And then from there, you just build up. And then once you're like building that consistency, okay, maybe then we start learning about intensity and pushing ourselves hard. Okay. Now we've done that. Um, Then, you know, we look at volume. I just, I think a lot of times we just, if we're not doing everything perfectly right all at one time, then it's not worth doing. And it's like, yeah, but you're you're, you're, you're having this analysis paralysis. And so you do that. You have this all or nothing approach. You're like, you're overthinking it. And then you end up doing nothing versus if you just like do it messy and just like, Hey, I'm just going to do workouts at home and start there. You eventually get to the destination that you want. So I don't know where you're starting. Hopefully I kind of went in a span, but maybe I give some people like where to go. And then if you are beginning, you're like, Hey, Brie, I'm in the gym. I'm doing stuff. Like, where do I go? Go back to what I was talking about, like the intensity and the volume, make sure that's in check. If that's in check and you're like, I'm at the stage where it's like, I need to be better. Um, strategic about what I'm, the exercise I'm doing, the order that they're in and all that. Again, I mean, I don't know if I plug this in here or not, but I have my group training program where I take care of that for everyone. I do my group training program. I know there's other coaches out there that do group training programs as well, where they take care of that for you. Um, of course there's like, I I mean, I hate to say this, but I just have to, there's like the influencer type of people where it's just like, they're doing these pretty things. And so if you can look for someone who's like actually a coach, like not influencer turned writing new programs, but like is a coach first and maybe an influencer second, or is just a plain coach. You're probably going to get a better program if you approach it that way. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, definitely. And I think, um,
0: as a good kind of, very very new person to somebody who might still be new but a little bit more advanced i think you gave yeah. a good amount of like thank insight you. on each of those oh. so covered that very well but i think we will we'll wrap it up there i think you answered so many great questions and there's a lot of good golden nuggets and we even talked about like different myths and just a lot of takeaways yeah. from this episode that a lot of people can learn from so thank you so much for joining and letting me pick your brain and if you want to you know talk about what you do and how you help people and all your platforms and you know all the stuff go ahead and and you can give give a little insight on where people can can find you and engage yeah with you.
1: yeah so first of all thank you for having me on the podcast I am so incredibly honored to be on it um if you guys want to find me like she said at the beginning Brianna Ray Fitness and Ray is spelled R-A-E and Brianna has two N's um that's primarily primarily where I am I mean I'm a little bit on TikTok and like maybe mm-hmm. I'll prioritize that more but like go on Instagram. That's mainly where I am. Um, I have all my information there, like in my little bio thing, like my application. Um, I have the links for my group training that I do do enrollment every six weeks. Um, I don't know when this episode is going to be posted. And so my next enrollment's January 15th. If when this is posted, you miss that it'll be, I announce it all the time. So people know it'll open up another six weeks. It's when I enroll people into my program. So if you're looking for that, that's it. So I do one-on-one, um, nutrition and training. And then I also have a group program that's at a much lower cost, $29 per month. Um, you get access to an app where you can track your weights, your reps. I talk about RIR, RPE, how to optimize your training. I do put it all in order for you. So you don't have to think about it. You just walk in the gym, you hit start, it's done. Um, and I do it with you. Like I'm not bullshitting you guys. Like these are the workouts that I do. I did this program in my bulk. I did this program in my most recent cut and I'm still doing it now in my maintenance phase. So like, this is actually what I use and what I do to build the muscle that I have and build my physique that I have. So that's my spiel. I'll just kind of leave it there. Love that.
0: Thank you again. Is there anything else that you want to add that we might not have? touched on. Before.
1: No, I think if anyone has any takeaways where they're like, man, that was a good point. Or like, you're nervous to do a book or anything. You need something talking through, like shoot me a DM. I'm always in my DMs. I respond to all my DMs. So if there's anything, I just want someone to know, like if there's a, a question or something that popped up that really struck you and you're like, Oh, I'd really love to pick Bree's brain more about this or just need a little hype up shoot me a DM. Um, but other than that, I think that's
0: all I got. So cool. Yeah. And like I said, I hyped you up a lot in the beginning. Definitely follow her on Instagram. One of my favorite <laughs> pages on Instagram, honestly, Thank like you. not just saying that it's amazing. And she just has so much good information there. So definitely go check her out on Instagram check out her podcast, but that is it. Thank you again for joining. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the health club with Julia podcast. If you love the episode, share the podcast and tag me and subscribe so you don't miss any further episodes. If you have any questions, feel free
1: to send me a DM. Thanks for being a part of the club. See you next time.